Spirit, man, definitely not a stranger to this pulpit tonight or this congregation. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome, this pulpit again tonight. God bless you. Appreciate you. Take your time. That was kind of weak, and I'm glad that was. So won't you do that again? Won't you do that for Jesus? Come on, let's just worship him just for a moment. Come on, just for a moment. Clap your hands. Come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we need you here, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you that you're here. Oh, we desire more and more of your presence, of your glory, of your magnificence among us, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm going to talk a little bit probably first. Praise God. I would try to sing, but that would be all it would be doing. And... uh, (laughs) Oh, I, I love to. I, I, that's, I've done it all my life. And, uh, and I love to make a, a joyful noise. I don't have to have anybody listening either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I sing to myself. I've actually sang myself. Dark times. Sing myself into the light. I imagine David sometimes in my imagination out there with little sheep that heart. Spirit of the Lord come upon the play. And the troubles and the darkness of the night, just some kind of way, just kind of just ebb and flee away. Oh, if you've got a voice to lift and praise your God. That same David said, I will praise him at all times. And his praise shall be continually. Everybody say continually. I don't know what that means to you. I know what it means to me. In my mouth. I'll never forget one time. My brother Bill is telling a little funny. It's uh, about a guy who's always saying, well, praise God for this and whatever happened. And, and he had a, a hat he really loved, a big old Stetson. He paid good money for back in the day. And he really liked that hat, and it's the only hat he had, and it was a good hat. It served the purpose well. 
He went outside one day and the gust of wind blew it off and a big truck come by and flattened that hat. He jumped up and said, well, praise God. Praise God. That guy looked at him and knew. He says, what are you praising God for? You just lost your hat. He says, I'm just thanking God my head wasn't in it. Hallelujah. Perspective. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you know my brother Bill, he's got a lot of such stories and such tales. Hallelujah. God's been good to me. He's been good to us. How many has enjoyed, brother, the last few nights you enjoyed, brother Phillips? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my, that's a, that's a preaching machine right there, Brother Moore. Uh, but I hate to say it like that because it's not about how good you can do. It's about whether or not it's effective. And I know that that's where he is because he couldn't the way he does without having the right heartbeat. But, I, you know, sometimes we will say things and it will almost trivialize the power of the word of God. But he said, praying before he ascended, he said, he said, Father, I want you to keep them in thy word. He says, for thy word is truth, or in thy truth, for thy word is truth. And so when we, when we preach and teach and when we hear good preaching of the word, uh, it's the seed of the sower that goes out. It's the bread that's cast upon the waters. And it'll come back after many days. But the seed of the word of God in the hand of the man of God has power and authority. I just got some things kind of on me a little bit. Hallelujah. I mean, remember what he said about the Shekinah glory and what he said about what, it, what that meant. And you might not be asking for it so much. He said it really kind of means judgment. And when you think about that, There is no presence of the true and living God without judgment. Peter said it this way. Judgment first begins with us in the house of the Lord. 
And if it began with us, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? Case in point example is that Ananias and Sapphira came knowing that they didn't sell their land for what they gave. And they said, this is all of it. They said, is this all of it? This is all of it. And the Holy Ghost struck them dead at the feet of Peter. First Ananias, and then Sapphira come in, he asked, is this what you sold it for? This is all, this is what we sold it for. And he said, the Lord had heard thee, and you have lied not to man, but to the Holy Ghost, and the feet of them that drug your husband out are waiting to take you out. She fell down dead in the house of God. Now, aren't you glad that, I said that to say this, for you not to be really afraid of that glory. Because you need that glory, that judging power of God in your life in this service tonight. Because if you're judged here, when you get it in front of the King of Kings, your judgment has already been made. I'm so glad I'm a child of the king. I said, I'm so glad I'm a child of the king. And what we want and what we desire and what we need is the very glory of God that come in this place. Yeah, there might be some repercussions sometime, but let it clean up the house so that others can come in. And the stuff that I hinder, it'll be taken out. And the power and the anointing of God would be made manifest through signs and wonders. And the glory of God come and down to drive out the power of hell in our lives. Well, hell. Pastor Moore has been teaching on this. Boy, he's been tearing me up. Not beating me down, but it's just been it's just been digging me up, making me say, God, you gotta help me. And then when I look at my landscape and of, 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 of my loved ones and friends and the community and people at large. I see a vast, just a morass of just not knowing which way to go or where to turn. And it's just like, it's like looking into a, a, a can of wiggler worms that you've dug up and you shake it over and turn. And they're just kind of writhing around and wondering where am I going? What have I got to do? I'm kind of trapped in a circle in a can and there's nowhere to go. And I'm trapped in my existence. But I keep thinking there is a God in the house of the Lord. There is a God in the temple of the Lord. It's the Holy Ghost in the children of God. And it makes a difference. We have got to make a difference. I want to be real nice. One of the writers says,
multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Somebody's going to meet Jesus with joy and peace today. And more somebody's are going to meet the judgment of God. Dying lost to wake up in a place of torments of darkness with no bottom forever falling forever burning forever tormented in their mind because they couldn't find it in themselves somehow to say that what Jesus done was enough for me to lay down my life that I could pick that up because he laid down that perfect life to give it to you through the work at Calvary. Hallelujah. And so, we are weighed in the balances. And we're found wanting. But by the Holy Ghost, Pastor Moore, He tips the scales. The scales are tipped. And I win. Not because that I'm so great or so good and that my name is all of that and two sticks of butter and a little bit of sugar in a cake bowl to mix it up with some flour. It ain't, it ain't about all that. It's about that he called, I answered, and then I pursued the call. Help me, Holy Ghost. I've had a scripture on my mind and I I really don't know what to do with it. And and I won't put it together with another come to mind. It don't even make sense. When I first thought about it, kind of said, well, it kind of does, but I don't know what to do with that either. Hallelujah. You know, hope, hope, I prayed God to take away acid reflux, he did, I very seldom ever have any kind of burning sensation at all. Very seldom since last year before Thanksgiving. I couldn't hardly go. When I did stay off of them for about a week or so, I would have to almost double up and just keep, before that burning went away, it would be two or three days before it would subside. And then every day, every day, and then when you quit. And if you did eat something, it would come up and just be like, I don't know if any of you, and I'm sure there's a lot of you maybe, but... uh, 
that burn gets so bad sometimes you really almost cannot stand it. And it really physically feels like it's about to destroy something in here if you don't do something about it. I said, God, I, I'm tired of taking. I bought over the counter stuff. I wasn't going to pay those guys all that money for that mess. My goodness. But I'm going to pray that he's going to touch my eyes. And I'm not going to quit asking until he lets me know for sure that he will not do it. But if I don't hear him saying to my spirit or just speak to me, Troy, no! Enough! I'll quit asking. I'm going to keep asking. The other things that I've, I rebuke pretty constantly because, you know, the enemy, he'll throw things up for you to, and you just have to tell him. So I want to talk just a little while. I'm not going to try to sing Sister Moore. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm going to read a verse of Scripture. And, uh, and we'll just talk for a minute. How about that? I've done talked about 15, 20 minutes probably. I don't even know. It's 7.06 by that thing right there. And I'm looking at that just to give you some kind of hope that I'll look at it again. Hallelujah. And um, praise God. Uh, but here's, here's the, uh, some of the scripture that... Uh, let me start at the Malachi. If you've got your Bible and you want to turn in your Bible with me just for a moment to <clears throat> Let's start at verse 10, although that's I just want to kind of let you get a sense of how this comes about. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? By profaning the covenant of our fathers. Judah hath dealt treacherously. And an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. The Lord will cut off man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or thy offering anymore, or receiveth it with good will at your hand. Yet you say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. 
Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit. And wherefore one? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit. And let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. And if you'll notice, the 10th chapter verse says, Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? And then it comes on down and it, again it says, 14, yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between you and the wife of thy youth against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. And then again, 15, he says, let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. And then take heed, therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Now, that's not really what I'm going to talk about. But he starts this reading off. You're not getting along with your brother. Or you've profaned what God has done. Or you have disobeyed God or not kept the command of God. And so, by doing that, you have dealt treacherously with your brother. Amos. Amos. I wrote down some, some notes in there. So Amos 3 and 12. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. Let's pray. Everybody help me pray. Ask God to touch my mind and my spirit. In the name of Jesus, God, I ask you to touch my heart and my spirit. God, I ask you to anoint your word to the hearts of the ears of, of the hearers tonight. God, that it would reach down into their hearing and it would stir within their heart and their mind. God, help me to say something that, that makes sense unto them, that they, can, that they can grasp and get a hold of, God. I, I need your help, God, for this is thy people, thy so great a people. This, uh, these are the people that you bled and died for, and God, that you have called to this place tonight for this time for an appointment with you and the Spirit of truth, which is the Word of God. Help me, O oh God, as your servant. 
to deliver the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for it. Amen, amen, amen. Would you clap your hands and love the Lord as you're being seated today. Hallelujah, 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 I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If I could go back to, to Malachi just for a moment. Um, and I'll, I'll just talk for a moment about the, the treacherous part. And about where we are as a church. Did you know that, or do you ever do we ever think about the fact that as, as children of God, as born again people of God, or the church of the living God? And Pastor Moore alluded to it already. He says that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy. You know, you can say it. Doesn't mean it has an ounce of truth in it. Because it says, the Lord knoweth them that are His. And then you cannot say that He's Lord. He's not really Lord, but one way. And that's by the Holy Ghost. That's the only way it can happen. Which is the Spirit of Christ that's in you. And if the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, He shall also quicken your mortal body. And then if you're alive and remain, you'll be caught up with them that are in the grave and the spirit of, of the life of Christ that is in them will hear the voice of the shout and the trump of God and they'll come out of the grave first and we'll be caught up together with them. And that's the way that, that works. You're, you're, you're not his child, but when we come and, and Pastor Moore, we have deliberately turned our back on, on some of the things that we know that we should not be uh, 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 accompanied with and, and, and uh, be a part of. Uh, where you are in, in, in the context here, you are dealing treacherously with us because when Israel sinned and their sin began to grow, it caused God to, to look, especially those in leadership, that God would look down upon them. And when it got the, so widespread, that it would cause God to pass judgment. And I'm telling you, Daniel and, 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 and uh, the three Hebrew boys, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't guilty of, of being against God. They weren't guilty of bowing their knees to other God. But Daniel made a point even after the decree and was thrown into a lion's den that every day he raised his window toward Jerusalem and three times a day he called upon the name of his God and he prayed and because of what he'd done they made a decree that they would have someone against him and threw him in the prison and he was in captivity because of the sin of somebody else. And you think it don't matter what you do? That's why I say be very careful how you come in to the house of the Lord. And you come in, I, hey, 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 look, look, don't, don't beat me up. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to help us tonight. Because this, 
Pastor Moore, it's just eating me alive. This is a soul saving station. This is the gate of heaven out of the pits of hell. And if we don't have the glory and the power of God manifested in our midst and the glory and the power of the name of Jesus being orchestrated through us and out of us, then we are failing the masses when they come. It's, uh, it's a place where we literally pull them out of the fire. I got that road down. I was going to use it later. I'm just going to use it now. I'm just going to do it different than what I thought I was going to do. How about that? I'm just going to fly by the seat of my britches like I always do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, uh, but Pastor Moore, uh, and you say, where, where for? Well, you know, also, you've dealt against your wife. And you ain't been right about that. Everybody look at your wife and say, I'm sorry, darling. I'm sorry, sugar doodle. Everybody look at your wife and say, I'm sorry, darling. Hallelujah. Praise God. Might well just get that out of the way. Don't say you ain't never been ugly to her because that's a lie. Either that or you're a little weenie. Now you can't be too mean and put your hand all over and start beating on her and all that kind of stuff because you're messed up. You ain't a man, you're a mouse. Oh, I, hey, hey, I tell you now, I don't mind telling you how I feel about stuff. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes you may say some stuff you ain't got no business saying. I love Medlin. Hallelujah. I don't, but, but I, know how, I, I know where we live. And, and when we come into, and, and Pastor Moore asks us to come 30 minutes early. But if you can just at least get 10 minutes or if even if you're late, if you can somehow on your way here, just get your mind kind of tuned off of everything but the road in Jesus. And really, brother, I guess the uh, way they talk, brother Philip, proof you ain't got to have your, you ain't got to worry about the road either. Hallelujah. <laughs> the way he drove and he was beating the steering wheel and, and the trailer just come he said that guy looked out there he said I won't worry until I seen that trailer come right up beside us he said he just getting with us he said don't worry about a thing God Woo! and he was beating the steering wheel still worshiping God driving that truck and that trailer going all over that ice and snow everywhere hey, oh, I don't want to ride with him hallelujah <laughs> praise God but that's why it's important that we kind of get our minds Is this all right, Pastor? Uh, I get antsy sometimes because uh, <laughs> I really do care about. How I say stuff and how it's perceived. Because <laughs> I didn't die for you. 
But the same God that died for me, died for you. I didn't purchase you and I can't save you. The same God that saved me and drug me out and helped me get established on the rock. He's the same God that's got to establish you. This ain't my word and I don't have a right to use it any way I want to use it. This is His word. And He has a right and He demands that I use it the way He intended for it to be used. He said, for my word that I have sent out, it will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that whereunto I have sent it. Not what you want, not what you think or what you desire. Be careful, O saint of God. Because you could stand before him on judgment day and because your tongue was a sword that killed an innocent that may have had a chance to come to God. He said his blood is on your hands because you destroyed him with the word of God when you used it in a manner that I didn't establish for you to use. Your conversation outside of this place. How you carry and conduct yourself. You might as well be shouting from the rooftop. Because what you say, if it don't add up to what you're supposed to be. You're destroying somebody. Because they can't see past what you are and they can't they can't hear a thing you say for what you are. And you destroy the work of the word of God and truth in their lives because what they see is a lie. And because of that you make the word of God a lie that's truth. Because what you should be. Now, I don't know how I got here, Pastor. I wasn't intending to say this. But here I am. Uh, hallelujah. I got to get started on what I'm supposed to be saying. It's 23 minutes after already, and I feel like I've been up here five minutes. Oh. And so, and here's what, this is the scripture that's kind of been just, oh, for I don't know how long. And, uh, and did he not make one fifteen of the second chapter of Malachi? Did he not make one? Yet had he the residue of the spirit, and wherefore one? That he might seek a godly seed. Now. He's talking. He's talking about. He said, I've witnessed between thee and the wife of thy youth. Yet she is thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And then, and how can, how can you, how can you have seed 
And God seek a godly seed. If he's talking about just one. One person. And so, how many know that God created Adam? He made one. One man. And then he built a garden and put the man there. Without a woman. Everybody say amen. Now, everybody that don't know whether that's right or not, say, okay. I didn't think so. But anyway. And so he placed the man in the garden. Then he says, oh, Adam, name everything. He names it all. And God gives him dominion. He's got authority. He's got dominion. He's made in the likeness and the image of God. He's, he's, he's like God in that he has power over everything living. God gave him dominion. And he's made in the image of God. He was perfect. He was unblemished. And he was in a perfect place. In a paradise. And he was a perfect human. He had no sin. Had no idea what sin was. Had no idea what good or evil was. He was perfect and complete. And then God says, you know, all them animals, and Adam was naming them all off, and they came with their companions, and he's giving them names, and whatever Adam called them, that's what they were. And so it was. And God says, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make him somebody suitable for him. It's going to be a, a help that is fit, to, and uh, it's going to be like he needs it to be, and because I know what I'm doing, and I made all of this other stuff, and, and everything that I do is planned and, and, and orchestrated by my own wisdom and my own power and my own uh, ability. I, I, I'm going to speak all this other stuff for him to enjoy, but I'm going to create that man. And he created him, but that ain't enough. He said he's got to have somebody so he can multiply and replenish the earth or fill the earth. And so he made him a woman from his rib. He said he caused a deep sleep. But before all of that, after he made the man, it said, it said that the word of God says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Everybody say he breathed. Everybody say breath. And so he breathed and man became a living soul. But it doesn't say anything about when he put Adam to sleep and he takes the rib out of his side, fixes that place back up, and Adam couldn't even tell that he had lost the rib. Because God fixed it where there wasn't no scar. Only God can do that. You can't do it and your doctor can't do it. So don't even ask him to try. Hallelujah. But he, he, he fixed up the place instead thereof. And, and he made the woman and presented her to Adam. Woke him up. Didn't say he breathed into her. He said, but he said he had the residue of the spirit. Everybody say residue. Everybody say what's left over. Everybody say a... a uh, Not a remnant, but just a, a little piece or part of something. Yet had, he, yet had he the residue in Malachi of the Spirit, wherefore one. 
And so these two, he says, this is bone of my bone, and these two shall be one flesh. And for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his own wife. And so God instituted that day and that garden. He instituted a holy covenant between the man and the woman. And because the woman was taken out of the man, when God presented her to Adam, and I like to say this all the time, that uh, when, when Adam woke up and seen that woman or that person or that lady, whatever you want to call this female body, he went, whoa, man. <laughs> That's what she was called. Because <laughs> she was looking good to Adam. For all that time, naming all them folks, and they had their little sugar darlings with them. He ain't having that one. And he said, whoop, that's the way God made us. For a man to look at a woman, not to look at another man. Man, I don't care who, who says it or who wants to, uh, to try to qualify that it's all right and all that. They're out of the pits of hell. God didn't make them to be man and man or female and female. He said, a man and a woman. I took the woman out of the man and I made her for him. Hey, hey I'm telling you today, he does things in order. And if you get out of his order, it's sin and it's deception and it's iniquity. And that's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Well, you know, hey, you know, they don't like that. They put you in jail. Well, hey, praise God. It's first time for everything, I reckon. Hallelujah. Well, we can't be afraid of them. Hey, I, I'm not going to pick on them, and I'm not going to lambast them and, and tell them. I don't, when I see some of them that I know that way, I don't say, bless God, you pervert, you're going to hell. I don't do that kind of stuff. Neither I walk up to somebody I know living in adultery and say, you adulterer, you're going to hell. All I'm doing is doing what I said a while ago. I'm taking the word of God and I'm slaying an innocent that has no ability to come to God by themselves. May not even know him, but I can take the word of God and pull the sword out and stab them and cut off their ear. And Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Put your sword up. He that liveth by the sword shall die by the sword. So that same sword that you're using to, to mutilate somebody that don't know God is the same sword that will send you into the pits of hell because you use the word of God deceitfully and for your own personal gratification. But the word of God is sure. I wouldn't want anybody to go away thinking that I... That it's okay and they'll continue in what they're doing. But I'm not going to do it in a way that would cause them to not understand. Because, and so it says, for he hath the residue of the spirit. And we look at this first man, Adam, that was made a living soul. And he was out of the earth earthy right hallelujah and uh, we read on over and we get into the new testament and, and it talks a second about the second man adam and how many of you know who the second man adam is 
It's Jesus Christ, the Lord from glory. And so the first man, Adam, was made in the likeness and the image of God. The second Adam was made in the likeness and the image of that first Adam. Well, that, don't let me, let me not say it like that because you'll think that I'm saying that he wasn't perfect or that... But he was made because he didn't have an earthly father. But the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. She conceived and bare a child of the Holy Ghost. And because he didn't have a daddy, his blood wasn't the blood of a man that was contaminated in the garden in the fall. When, Adam, when Eve partook of the fruit and then gave it to her husband. And there's a lot of people, says a whole lot of stuff. Well, if he'd been man enough and all that stuff, I get that. I get that. He, he should have, or I guess. I guess he could have. And then God would have destroyed him. Because destroying the woman, if he hadn't partook of the fruit, it is my understanding, what I can read from the way God operates through the Scripture, he would have destroyed the woman. And in doing so, he would have destroyed Adam because she was Adam made out of him. And so Adam partook out of love like Jesus was made in the similitude of sinless, of sinful man, in the likeness of sinful man. God came down, robed himself in sinful flesh. But it was perfect and without sin. But that body, that man, that flesh became sin and he nailed sin to the tree. And that, that that was nailed to the tree was the same veil that is in the Old Testament tabernacle plan that stood between the holy place and the holiest of all. And it was that veil that his flesh became. And it was that veil that separated us from the presence of God. And it's that veil that was rent that allowed us to enter into the glory of the holy place. Into the Shekinah, if you please, of God. Where God is mighty and powerful and his blood covereth and the glory dwelleth. Are y'all alright? I need to slow down. I need to speed up. And, and so this, he had the, the residue of the Spirit. And this second man, Adam, he came and he was walking and talking. Even at 12 years of age, he understood more than all of the learned men in the temple. He knew things that they, they could not even fathom how he could understand those scriptures. How he even knew how to read. How he even knew all of those things that he, that he could do at 12 years. But he shut it down when his mom and them came unto him. And he came under obedience unto them until the time for his ministry was to begin and then about 30 years old he began to go about in his ministry and to preach the gospel starting at Cana of Galilee he began to work miracles and signs and wonders and like he said if I had done had not done things that no other man had ever done then you would not have had sin but because I have come and you've seen the father manifested through me in me and through the words that I speak. Because when I speak to the enemy, they flee. 
And when I speak to disease, it goes away. When I speak to blinded eyes, they open. When I speak to deaf ears, they open. And when I see a withered hand, it straightens out. And when I see a lame man, he jumps up off of his bed and he leaps like a heart. I'm telling you, because I have come and because you have seen these great things, that God has come down to you. And when you don't receive me, you don't receive my Father. Because I and my Father are one. And in John 16 and 17, read it for yourself. He said, he shall give of mine. Because all that is mine is thine. And therefore saith I that he shall take of mine and give it to thee. Because all that is his is mine. And all that is mine is his. And then he's praying to, to the Lord in the 17th chapter. He says, all that is thine is mine and mine is thine. Because we are one. Let them be one as we are one. Hallelujah. I and you and you and me. <laughs> so there's no preeminence. You can't say there's three in the Godhead. Because Jesus right there is telling you. There's no separation of the power of the spirit of life of God. That was only the separation of the body and the spirit because the body went down into the grave it died but it rose again on the third day God never died God never sleeps he never slumbers he can't be dirtied up he didn't become sin but the man Christ Jesus did and he said I have power to lay it down I have power to raise it up how can you do that? Well, I told that woman I am spirit. And so he came and he had the residue of the spirit. And John saith of him, seems like I'm forgetting. Anyway, John said, he don't have the spirit by measure. God don't, hadn't given, hadn't give him the spirit by measure, but he is the Lord from glory. In other words, if you look it up and read what the Strongs may say about the words there, it means that the spirit was given to him totally. He didn't have a measure of the Spirit of God, but he was the fullness of Almighty. That's why the Apostle Paul said, for in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But he had the residue of the Spirit. And he made us one. So, whereby, by one Spirit, are we all baptized into one body. So I'm right back where we started. And this is what you are and what you do and how you bring yourself into this house. It matters how the power and the Spirit of God can operate. Well, I'm not, I don't care what you're doing. 
I don't care what your job in the, in the kingdom of God is. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're the little finger. I don't care if you're the little toe. That's most of the time got a shoe over. Nobody can see it. I don't care what it is. If it's your lungs or your heart or whatever. You know, you don't see those things right there. But I tell you what you can't do. You can't live without them. You can live without a kidney for a little while on dialysis. But then you start breaking down. You don't last long. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And let me tell you, dear saints of God, so is this body that is a conglomerate of all of who we are. But God has the residue of it. But He has given us the earnest of our inheritance. We don't have the fullness of the control of the glory and the power of God like the man Christ Jesus because He was God manifest. Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, to wit that God was... What? In Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So God was in Christ to bring us back to himself. And so it was that because of the great love of the second man, Adam, like the love and the, uh, I don't know if, you know, Pastor Moore, it's just, it's a perfect picture of Christ that Adam ate out of love and kind of preservation for himself. It's kind of like a, a, a dual sword, like, like he done it for love of what God had made out of him because they were one and then it says, for the Lord, if we read a little bit further, it says, for the Lord hateth. The putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment. Now, look, I'm not I'm not saying all of this stuff to try to beat anybody down about anything in your past. But I'm just telling you, because of the system of the world, even some of the patriarchs, Brother Moore, they were not in really in correct state. But God, for whatever reason, I don't know. I, don't get me into all of that. But I do know what the New Testament said through the very lips of Jesus Christ. He said one, but so in the beginning, he says, I made one for Adam. But. Because we see this or that, and, and we think it's all right. Okay. How many churches is Jesus coming back after? How many bodies is he coming back after? He's the husband. You're the bride. And so what he done at Calvary was, is he put you back in a state of being in the garden, outside of the garden. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. 
But you're sanctified means they called out people. And I heard a preacher the other day. I forget which one of them it was. I think Brother Godwin talking. He says that God never leads you back into what he brought you out of. And he used the point where they said, we're going to go back to Egypt. When we were back in Egypt, God ain't said a thing. He says, would God that we would die in this wilderness? Okay, I'll handle that. He ain't going back. You ain't going back. He ain't going to help you go back. You're going forward or you ain't going at all with him. You, if you go back, you're going back without him. He's not taking one step back. If you take it, you take it by yourself. He said, let's go forward. And so, Amos says, let me get through. Thus saith the Lord, as a shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. And so... We find ourselves as, child, as children of God, as saints of the Most High God. We, we find ourselves in a warfare that we are not capable of fighting and winning on our own. And when we're at odds with the Spirit of God... He lets us stand by ourselves. I mean, he lets us stand. He stands. But he did say I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. But I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. And so, because we have an earnest of our inheritance, and because He hateth the putting away, and because He has purchased us, and because that we the church have come out of him, and because we have gone through the gate, the veil, and gone out and through and, and come out of him into righteousness, out of a grave and brought to life by the Holy Ghost, then he says, I will never leave thee. I hate putting away. I'm not going to be a part of what I hate. So I am not lost any of them but the one that it was prophesied of he only have I lost and if it hadn't been prophesied of him I'm not sure I would have lost him because I have kept them in thy name I have kept them in thy word I have kept them in thy truth and they know who I am they know who you are they believe that I am he and they are yours because I am thine and all mine are thine and all thine are mine and he will not put you away for a slight. And it rhymes, brother. If you'll make it right.
And so we find ourselves in a war and a struggle. But it's a struggle that God has given us the weapons of a warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing into captivity every thought and disobedience that against the knowledge of Christ. It's, it's terror. It's, we've got power. We've got power with God. What kind of power? It's dunamis power. What kind of power is that? It's unlimited power. How can you say that? Because he's given us the earnest of our inheritance, which is the glory and the power of the man Jesus Christ, which the Spirit was not given to him by measure, but he has given us the measure of faith. That is enough. He said, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. He left you a promise before he left. That's why I've been telling you lately, it's important for you to speak to the enemy of your soul. Don't just patty cake around. You look the devil in his eye if he's got an eye. And you tell him, devil, I'm telling you right now, you're going to leave me alone. You're going to leave my family alone. You're going to leave my children alone. You're going to leave my mind alone you're gonna leave my body alone I've been bought with a price he paid a price for all my healing of mind soul body and spirit and I'm claiming it and standing on it and I put you out but it's submit yourself to God resist the devil and he'll flee from you and so in this warfare That we're waging against the enemy for the souls of men. That's what we're supposed to be about. And Amos seen. Thus saith the Lord as a shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear. I want to tell somebody tonight. You might have been... You might have been put through the ringer. And the enemy has sewn and pulled and tore. And the lines of, and the dogs of hell and the, and the wolves of Satan have torn at you until there's nothing left but maybe two legs or just a piece of an ear, it seems like. And you feel like there's nothing left. I've got nowhere to go. I'm just like that can of worms. Seems like it's a vicious, I just turn in circles. Seems like there's no way out. But I'm here to tell you the title of this message tonight. If there's a title, it would be the hope or the residue of hope. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how much is left. God can take that two legs or just a piece of an ear. He said, and I can deliver that. It may, they may all be gone. All of Israel and Judah may be gone. Except there's going to be just maybe two legs or a piece of it. Because a shepherd it never goes against the lion except to save. I'm telling you, it's not about your judgment, but it's about the God that can take just a piece of what you were and he can take it and make it whole again. He can take what is busted and broken and the thing that is disgusting and so putrid and he can make it clean he can take a black 
apart. Wash it in red blood and make it white as snow. He wants you to know, oh, saint of God, it's not too late. I hear where you are. I know there's not much of you left. You feel like you're nothing and you're going nowhere. But I'm a God that restores. I'm a God that allowed the tree to be cut down to the stump. But when you see it again, Joel said, I see a tree. It's put out. It's coming out from a stump that was dead. It's a church that was cut down in the dark ages and the middle ages. But it's alive. And when he comes back, it's going to be the same tree he left when he left. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be ornate with the things of God, with the fruit of the Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the trees and the leaves of healing and of salvation. And that's you. Come to the music. I'm through. I'm done. It's just about an hour. Maybe more. I don't know. Hallelujah. Praise God. Peace of an ear. Two legs. Well, that ain't much more. Jeremy, you ever seen anybody do anything in the hospital with, with just two legs and a piece of an ear? You ever seen anybody bring in a, a, a ear? To the vet's office, just an ear, and say, Here, do something for my dog. Where's the dog? Oh, he's gone. What about just two legs is left? This is all I got left of my dog. The rest of it eat up. Uh, you ever seen him do that? Expect. You know what God wants you to do? What, you know what God wants you to do? Give him, give him that ear, give him them two legs. Doesn't matter what you got left. You give it to me. Ain't none of these other jack legs around here died for you. Ain't nobody else spilled their blood for you. I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that spoke everything, everything into existence. I took my word that I spoke. The word of the ground, the dust of the earth that was spoken into existence. I took the spoken word. I dipped it up and I created man and breathed in his nostril the breath of life. Man became a living soul. I'm telling you, I can do anything. I made you. I can put you back together. Again, Humpty Dumpty, don't just sit on the wall. Get down and come to God and He will restore. But if you're too busy sitting on the wall, if we're not careful, we'll sit in the, sit in the seat of judgment. Who's probably worthy of judgment? Who art thou, O man, that judges another? Be careful how you judge. But when you judge, judge righteous judgment. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Don't bring an accusation against a brother. Don't dare do it by yourself. But if you're going to do it, you get two or three others. Stand. Just, just stand. You've been sitting a long time. You can't be that tired now. Hallelujah. Praise God. The broken, the shattered. I came to your disciples 
My baby, my baby's tormented. It's got a, there's a spirit in him that sometimes it throws him in the water. Sometimes it throws him in the fire. I brought him to your disciples. They could not do anything. God given you, Pastor Moore, God's given you the keys to this whole area. I believe he's given him the keys to a hundred mile radius. You believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want to believe, okay? Don't let it be found that you're working against the man of God. Even Jesus in his own city couldn't do mighty, many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief, Brother Moore, because they couldn't get on board with who he was. They couldn't see past what they thought in the flesh because they knew his brothers and sisters according to the flesh from the mama's side. They had no idea that he didn't have a daddy that they knew because if they had knew his daddy, they would have known him and he would have been able to do those miracles and signs and wonders like he done in, in Tyre and Sidon and Capernaum and all them other places. Well, hallelujah. And so tonight, we're the church of the living God, Sister Bell. We're, 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 that, we're that avenue of hope. We're that beacon, the light that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. We're, we're, we're what they're looking at. And, and we're, we're that, that hope in, in, their, in their heart and in their eyes when they see us. It's that hope that when they see Pastor Moore again at that shore, he'll be the same Pastor Moore the last time they saw him. And when they hear of the gloom and doom and they see stuff going on in their family and in their own lives and, and how things have come about and they go up there and I can just imagine some of them just driving in just to see what Pastor Moore might have to say if anything's affected him. He'd say, hey, you know, I know a God that can deliver, that can help you out of that morass that you're in. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is no respecter of person. He's done it for me and he'll do it for you. But we got to be a church that has in us the glory and the power of God that the hope does not fade away that then they see us there is a stanchion of hope that cannot be moved because we're anchored into a rock as a nail in a safe place you want to come pray saints of God anybody else would you just come and let's just talk to Jesus? Because my heart's... I'm going, God, how many times have they got to come in and go out the way they came? And they leave the same way they came. And they come and they lift their hands, but can't always blame it on them. How long can we blame it? somewhere else just talk to Jesus all he wants is a conversation with you he just wants you to tell him 
that you still love him. He just wants to hear your voice. That's all. He just wants to hear your voice. 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 Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. A residue of hope. Doesn't take most. Doesn't take much. Peace of an ear. Two legs. And the hand of the master shepherd. The, the chief shepherd of the sheep. Oh, he can make what was broken brand new. He can take that which is dead and raise it back to life. He's a life changer and a life giver. He is the author of eternal life. Taking your deadness and giving you life everlasting. He's that Jesus, that God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Potter's hand. Let it place you on his will tonight. He's got the water of life. If it be so that it runs into a rough place, he can dip his hand in the water of life. The master potter and, and apply that living water to a hard spot and to a to an unyielding place and and make it pliable again where he can mold it into something useful in the kingdom of God even to making it another vessel that singeth good to the potter to make guide me Jesus oh I'm listening for your voice I'm listening for your voice I'm listening for your voice, I'm listening for your voice.